Hey there on this June 27, 2021. It's EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long. And I believe you connected to this because you're ready for our Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. What? Good morning. Amen. That's, at least if I get one good morning, I'm good. Praise God. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Good morning. Most gracious, eternal Lord, our God, we thank you, we praise you, we give you glory and honor for this day. This is your day. This is our day. This is the day that you have made. And we are rejoicing and we are glad in it. Most God, our Father, we thank you for life. We thank you for health. We thank you for strength. You've given us the activities of our limbs. We have the ability to see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. We have a mind. We have a mind to serve you and to glorify you. That's why we got up this morning and, and had a mind to dial into the service to be uh, electrified and energized by you. And to hear what you have to say to us, Father, we thank you because we live in a time we need to hear from you. And, Father, we know that we are people and we are the sheep of your pastors. And now, Lord God, we ask you to feed us until we want no more. Father, we come now. We say, Lord, forgive us of our sins that we are done aware and unaware. If there's anything in our life, Lord God, that is not pleasing in your sight, we ask you for forgiveness. And we ask you to show us ourselves that we may walk in a way that is pleasing unto you. Lord God, there's a lot of things that go on in this world, but we want to please you. We want to make sure, Lord God, that we are in your care. Father, we love you so much that we want to honor you with our bodies. We want to honor you with our minds. We want to honor you with our lives. We know that nothing that we have, nothing we've seen, nothing we heard, nothing that we ever have experienced, Lord God, that you had not guided us through. For your word said that there is no temptation that is common to man that you had not already made a way of escape. And we thank you for that, Lord God, and we thank you because you have made something wonderful when you made us. You made something great. You made something unique. You made something that is not like or look or act or think like somebody or something else. And we thank you for the uniqueness of who you are and how you made us. But one thing that you made us all alike, you gave us the ability to love you and to trust in you. And we thank you for that common denominator. We thank you for the blood that you shed for us. We thank you for that common denominator. We thank you for the finished work of the cross. We thank you for that common denominator. It's because of you we live, we move, and we have our being. We thank you for that common denominator. God, you gave us all the ability to choose to serve you. We thank you for that common denominator. We thank you, Lord God, for the ability to praise and worship you. We thank you for that common denominator. We honor you, Lord God, with all of that, and we praise you, and we don't take it for granted. Oh, someone that's in this world today don't even know they hear. And we thank you, Lord God, for giving us the faculties of our mind that we can serve and worship you. God, we want to be better. We want to do better. 
We want to live better. Lord God, we don't want to be the same person we were 50 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. We won't change. We won't change, and we want it to begin in us. We don't want to be our own hindrance to our own blessings. We don't want to be our own hindrance to what you are trying to say in this day and time. We don't want to be uh, ostracized because of our lack of faith. We don't want to be pushed aside because of our lack to trust you. And so, therefore, God, we come before you this morning, Lord God, trusting and leaning in on you, Lord. You are the author and the finisher of our faith, even though sometimes we don't understand all of your plan. Mm-hmm. And according to the scriptures, it's not for us to understand all of the plan, but it's all it's all for us to trust you in guiding us through this land and this time. And we thank you, Lord God. And this morning, we learn even the more how to trust you even the more, how to depend upon you, Lord God, and, and to learn how to release our trust and faith in you. Lord God, help us, Lord God, in, in the liking of our faith, Lord God, to the point that we can trust you without going through a trial and tribulation and going through a test in the that yanks us in this place. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, because we yield ourselves to you, that we don't have to be yanked, that we don't have to be pushed, that we don't have to be proud. The only thing we do is release our trust in you and allow you to lead us. God, give us ears that we may hear. Lord, give us eyes that we may see, see your glory, ears that we can hear, and our heart to trust what we see and hear from you. You said that uh, your children know your voice, and the voice of a stranger they would not follow. And, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to hear your voice. Lord God, hear your voice in nature, in the birds, and and, 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 the, and all the other uh, creatures on this earth, Lord God. They don't have a choice. They do what they do because they were created to do what they do. We as man, we have a choice. And we here on this on this service this morning, we came, we tuned in to First Virtual to let you know, God, we voluntarily trust you. We glorify you. Yeah, there are some things sometimes that might cause us to 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 question what's going on because that's the human side of us, but the God side of us, the faith side of us, saying, Lord, just do it, do it like you want to do it in Jesus' name. And, Father, we thank you for that. We are people of faith. We are people that trust you, Lord God. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult because of what we see and what we have already experienced. But, Father, we thank you because you are greater than anything that we've gone through, (laughs) anything that we're in, and anything that we're going to go through. That's how great you are. You are here in the now, but you are in the future looking back at the now saying, come on, I got you. We thank you, Lord God, for having our back. Thank you, Lord God, for having our front. Thank you for having our future. Uh, Like we used to sing when we were little boys and girls, you, you got the whole world in your hand. You got the little bit of baby. You got you and me, brother. You got you and me, sister. And you got you just got the whole world in your hand. And so therefore we come and we pray for this world. We pray for the inhabitants of this world. We pray, Lord God, for mankind. We pray, Lord God, you said whosoever uh, uh, that believeth on you 
should not have perished but have everlasting life. You said, Lord God, that that we could trust you and you would take us places and you were and we could rely on you because you said you shall supply all of our needs according to your riches and in glory. And we thank you, Lord God, and you be you have been true to that. And we thank you, Lord God. We bring before you our children. We bring before you our grandchildren. We bring before you, Lord God, our siblings. We bring before you, Lord God, nieces and nephews and aunts and uncles. We just bring to you, Lord God, the, the people that need you this morning. There are people that are dealing with death. There are people that are dealing with sicknesses. There are people that are dealing with uh, mental anguish. Some people don't know which way to go. They don't know whether they're coming and going. But God, we just lift them up before you. You may have that here on this service this morning. Somebody may have came with a, with a question that need an answering to. And we trust that this time, Lord God, is and before the end of this day, Lord God, before the end of this service, God, you can give that answer. You're going to soothe and, and then assure us of what you're saying, Lord God. Father, we need you. We declare we need you. Lord God, as the birds need air and as the, as the fish need water, we need you, Lord God. And God, we come and then with that, and we need you in our communities, we need you in our schools, we need you in our street corners. God, we just need you everywhere. The people that make decisions, that we elected them to make decisions, God, they need you, Lord God. Those who are handling our business, those who are handling our government, those who are handling our schools and our marketplaces and even the businesses and the corporations, they need you, Lord God. And, and therefore, we are, putting, we are placing them on the altar this morning that whoever is tied to us and whoever got anything to do with us, whether it's physically, whether whether it is monetary. Lord God, we just pray for them, Lord God, that they will make the right decisions on our behalf. And God, we thank you for that. Your hand is so strong and so mighty and so powerful. It can be where we are and be over there at the same time. And we thank you for that, Lord God. And so therefore, we put these problems. We put these situations in your hand because you can handle them. You're a big God. You're greater than anything. You're greater than our banking account. You're greater than our doctors. You're greater than our conditions. You are just great, and we you are greatly to be praised. And, Lord, we thank you, and we glorify you. We declare, Lord God, that you are God, and you are worthy to be praised. Now, Lord, bless this service today. God, give us what we need. Touch the pastor's heart as he brings forth the word. We pray, Lord God, that this, that you will send your anointing that makes preaching easy. And I pray, God, that everyone that is tuned in and everyone that would listen to this uh, service this morning, whether it be today, 10 years later, I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit will be just as rich as the day that you get others out of the lips of your servant. And God, we thank you and we praise you for that. And we give your name the glory. We declare it because it belongs to you, Jesus. I said the glory belongs to you. You are our God and you're worthy to be praised. And we trust in you for our outpouring of your spirit where we are right now. And we thank Thank you, and we give your name the glory in Jesus' name. At this time, we're going to a moment of meditation, of prayer. Maybe there is something that you 
had before the Lord and that you need to bring before him at this time. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, whatever that thing is. Just throw it out there. The scripture says, if you cast your cares upon him, he will uh, take them up. Just turn around, just leave them there. He got your back. Let's go to the Lord and pray. Just be ready to receive of the Lord this week. Look, let, let, let's do this this week. 
Let's tell somebody about this. Let's forward the link to somebody. Let's tell somebody and say, hey, I got a service that start first thing in the morning and give you the rest of your day to yourself. And you ain't even got to leave your house. You ain't got to comb your hair. You ain't really got to brush your teeth or wash your face. Just turn over and just hit, hit you do, put it in your program and in your phone, hit one number, bam, there it is. God bless you. Love you to life. Well, good morning, Brother Dennis. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Boo. How are you today? You all sounds like you're ready for your week. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, we thank you for your prayer this morning. We, we thank you for what you do every every week for us. And, uh, an inspiration. There you go. Uh, and that's that's uh, my uh, thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Is, you know that we all can be an inspiration to each other. Thank you. Amen. Well, good morning, First Virtual. I, uh, y'all didn't even know I was gone last week. Um, uh, Mama, Mama Bell said I went and got a brand new blue suit, so, you know, I'm ready to go now, right? Amen. Oh, yeah, I see. <laughs> beautiful tie. There, there you go. Get all dressed up and uh, have somewhere to go. But uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Well, I enjoyed my Father's Day last week, and thank you for that little uh, refresh that I had. Uh, everybody needs a little break every now and then, and I had a great time with family and loved ones. And, you know, you can't, uh, sometimes you can't put a price on those days. But, so anyway, I am back. Uh, as, uh, as brief as it might be, but anyway, the the Lord's been good. You know, there's a lot of things going on in my life, and uh, and, he, uh, and, and and everything that's been going on has been touched by God, and that's that makes me feel good. I, I get I get excited, uh, but I also know that I have to uh, guard myself from the. the what goes on in the world because uh, sometimes Satan just uh, you know rattles your cage and, and tries to discourage you from what you're doing tries to discourage you from from being and uh, being with God uh, but uh, you know one thing I like about the scriptures the Bible the, the holy world the uh, word the foundation that God has given us you know somebody said uh, this past week you know the Bible's been around for a long time I said yes and it's going to be around a lot longer and we have to get used to that idea and also we have to get used to the idea that no matter I, I, I know, at least in my life, and hopefully it's, it's the same in you, as long as the Holy Spirit's working on you and working through you, the more you read the Bible, the more you learn about who God is and how God helps and how God can lead you to uh, give you that, that extra kick that you might need to get through things, to, to face things that you might face. You know, there's... Uh, it seems to me, you know, the Bible's always new. It's never old. Uh, you read a scripture and you, you pray on that scripture and you believe what, the, what it says. And, and um, you know, two years later, later you read the same scripture and you go, wow, I didn't realize that. Well, you know, the Holy Spirit opened your eyes to see different things and brings different things to the, to the front. And it, it kind of uh, wake-up calls, I call it. Sometimes we need that extra wake-up call. Uh, like Pastor Boone talks about getting that coffee, get you 
get your blood flowing. Well, you know, we should use the Holy Spirit to let our, our blood flow. Amen. And uh, give us that extra boost we have in the morning. The Bible should be a part of your day every day. You know, uh, so, you know I know people that you know, they, they memorize Scripture and they know all the Scripture. I know Scripture. Uh, I don't memorize as much as maybe they do. But, you know, that's okay. God doesn't expect us to do that. He expects us to live what the Bible tells us. He expects us to do what the Bible tells us. And when we get down, sometimes it's just a little, uh, you know, five-minute verse or two-minute verse or even a ten-second verse. When we open the Bible, we just look at it and meditate on it and go, wow, that's what I want to do. That's what I need. You know, uh, I was reading this week in in First Timothy in uh, uh, chapter 6 and, you know it talks about uh, being being a man of God being, being good being being what God wants us to be well as I was reading in chapter 6 verse 11 there are like five things in that verse that if you do those five things wow you're, you're, you're being a godly person you're doing what God wants you in First Timothy chapter, uh, chapter 6 verse 11 Okay, here we go. But you, man of God, see from all uh, all this and pursue righteousness, holiness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Wow. So if you do those five things, if you do pursue righteousness, be it right every time. You know, do what is right. It is what God tells you to do. You know, be like God. You know, do do the thing. Put your faith in who God is, and love people. Endure, endure. Sometimes we have to endure, don't we? We have to pray. Sometimes we have to pray diligently. Sometimes we have to endure just bad things to get through the bad things to get to what? To the good things, the promises that God gives us, and gentleness. You know, be gentle. You know, if uh, a little baby crawling on the ground, you when you don't go down and grab them and yank them up, you got to be gentle with them. And that's what God is with us. You know, He's gentle with us. You know, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I, I kind of laugh because you know, if He was rough with me, I'd probably let him ran away a long time ago. But he was always, always been gentle with me, always been easy with me, always consoling me. And we have to be that to other people. We have to console other people. We have to help them. We have to get them through those, those rough times. And we can do that by what? By opening the Bible and showing them, this is what you can do. This is how you can live. The Bible has a lot of good things in it and a lot of ways to help people. And knowing how to where to find him and everything. Sometimes you just let the Spirit of God lead you there. You know, the main thing is you have to have a, a firm foundation, a good starting point. So how do you have that good starting point? What do you build on? You build on the Bible. You build on your faith. You build on the Lord Jesus Christ. And everything else will be strong and strong. It will never fall. It will never falter. You know, the Bible tells us about the man that builds his house on a rock and not on the sand. But we have to build our house on the what? On a rock. We have to build our faith on what? On the Bible and on Jesus and on God. And if we have that strong foundation, we can endure. We can withstand the winds of the rains and everything that comes against us. 
So remember, remember, God loves us. God, God is gentle with us. And he forgives us. And no matter what we, he, uh, we do, he'll always be there for us. We may not always see him, but he is always there. And we have to remember, no matter where we walk, whether we walk in the darkness sometimes, God is still with us. He's going to have us you know, go towards the light. He has the light for us. He has the, the salvation for us. He has the promise for us. And we have to turn from those things and ask him, Lord, Lord, bring me back. Bring me back to the light. Bring me back to the strength that you provide. Bring me back to that strong foundation. So I don't want to be washed away. I want to be washed with the blood. Washed with the blood of Jesus. Amen and amen. 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 Ah, my friends. My friends, EDB here in the flesh. I thank you for allowing me to cut in during this this moment. But, you know, we are right now in a very unique time. If I could just take this moment to explain that. We're in a time where our grandmas and our moms, for that matter, those of you who are in the 30 and... um, well, between 25 and 30, somewhere in there. That, that makes good sense. Yeah. We uh, are in a connectors phase. Whereas our moms and our grandmothers were in a gathering phase. What that means is our mothers and our grandmothers got up every Sunday morning and they went to church. Our fathers too when they weren't. Well, never mind. But we, our generation... We are the people who watch it on YouTube, who listen to content like this, podcasts, if you will, on demand. And the significant part about that is they're all literally (laughs) the same thing. Fret not to assemble ourselves together in brotherly love. Hey, by listening to this, you are connecting with the hundreds of thousands of millions of people who utilize these types of uh, these pieces of business. That's a, that's a good way to put it. It's the same thing. You're in the chats. You're in the, the Reddit groups. You uh, Just because you're not physically talking to them does not mean that you're not communicating. It does not mean that you are not assembled. You're just connectors. You are not gatherers. And that is awesome sauce. And you know what? I believe that what we're doing here is the launching of the connection generation, the connection church. I feel that calling this the first virtual, well, it was something significant because what it did was it allowed for us to literally make the groundwork or write the blueprint, if you will, draw the blueprint, however you want to put that there. And so you listening to this, Wherever you are, whether you're at home, whether you're at the gym, whether you're walking your dog or finishing up your shift or even starting it for that matter. And then we have the call, which is where this piece of business comes from. And what that is, is basically those who 
have a little bit more liberties. They're still at the home or at the job or at the gym or driving or something. But, you know, they can gather, if you will, at a specific time, even though they're not physically gathering. You don't have that luxury. The point that I'm trying to make is regardless of where you find yourself on the spectrum, you're still there. I'm still here. We're still able to connect. And that makes us awesome sauce. So all that said. I'm going to ask something of you, if you don't mind. I know you're busy people, but if you could just consider this for me real quickly. Would you do whatever your platform requires? I know we're also a generation that like to do what we're told. But if you can consider for this one moment, just doing whatever your platform requires. What that means is somewhere, I'm sure... uh, Some of you are familiar with how this works. And please forgive me for insulting your intelligence for the ones in the back who aren't familiar. There are a couple who might just got this link because they clicked on it on Facebook or they were sent it through their DM. Shout out to all the folks who have connected in that way. And then, you know, before we move on, while I'm on that tangent, what are you thinking? You might have some people in your DMs, all the folks who know how to do that. You know, go ahead and handle that piece of business. I'll get back to this in a second for those of you who are fresh here. But the rest of them who just don't want to sit here and twiddle their thumbs, just go ahead and uh, handle that piece of business. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about, then just hold on. We'll get there. I just wanted to give the people something to do so nobody had to sit here bored, right? For those of you who are trying to figure out, you you just here for the first time, you got this link on the Facebook, the Twitter, somebody slid into your DMs, the text messages, whatever the case may be. Can you find somewhere in your platform, it's a feature. If you click on the name, my name, or the name of the podcast, somewhere around yonder is a feature that allows for you to make certain that you get these pieces of business each and every time they're released. That feature may say like, it may say add, it may say subscribe, it may say follow. I think they're... That's about all that it could say, but there may be other things. There may platform. There's a lot of platforms out here. They 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 have weird ways of uh, utilizing their services. You understand what I'm saying? So whatever it requires of you, what that does again is ensure that you get these pieces of business each and every time they're released to the internet. And then for those who we sent off to do other things. You're probably asking, what do we send them off to do? We sent them off to share. Just like you got it, there's a feature somewhere around yonder that will allow for you to connect with your friends, your family, whether it's a text, email, carry a pigeon, DM, slide on in there, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all them options are available you can do that and then the third thing that I would like for you to do is I would like for you to well A I want to thank you because you have been doing marvelous things in your communities number one you care for your communities number two you share with your friends and family each and every time you learn something awesome sauce like you have just done here and number three I ask for you to pray ask you to consider in just a few moments you're going to get serenaded with 
a wonderful piano, pianist piece, a wonderful piece on the Piani 40. While Mama Bell is playing, would you do me a favor? Would you consider, think about all those persons. There's not too many people in this world who has no connection to the military, either past, present, or future. If you can, just go ahead and and think about those people. Share this with them. And then pray for them. Would you do that? While Mama's is praying, I definitely and truly would appreciate it. Again, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for caring for your communities. Thank you for sharing with your friends and family. And most importantly, thank you for praying for our men and women who wear our nation's uniform, not just of this nation, these states united, but civilized nations all over this world. All right, I'm going to leave you to get deep into your thoughts. Mama Bell, Serenator, if you will. All right. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 through 8 Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 through 8 and it reads I chose you 
before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. But I protest, O Lord, God, look, I don't know how to speak since I am only a youth. Then the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a youth for you will go everywhere I send you and speak whatever I tell you. Do not be afraid. That's, that's, that's a key part of that piece of business right there. Do not be afraid of anyone for I will deliver you and be with you. This is the Lord's declaration. Part of that piece of business as you just heard uh, up there round about the top after verse 5. I'm assuming that's the way it's labeled in your scriptures. I do not have it written here in the number form. Please forgive me. But you'll find somewhere up there it says, but I protest. Oh, Lord. Oh, no, Lord. A good God, God, God. No, look, I, I don't know how to speak. And the Lord said, do not say. Do not say. So what do I want to focus on today if I can? I want to focus on subject cancel the protest cancel the protest my father kind friend our kind father and friend we thank you for this opportunity to share with these our friends as we are connected here on this morning we ask that you will allow us the opportunity to hear what it is that we are to learn and to understand that we, your spiritual jurors, can without shadow of doubt understand, know and understand that both are important in these days. What it is you're trying to say and all those in agreement with that prayer responded with a howdy, amen. Amen. The fact, I can just get right down to the nitty gritty. The fact that economically, Black and poor America is in the best and worst of times is true. Roughly one-third of black America, poor America, should I say, or urban America, non-white folks is a good way to put it. Roughly one-third of them can now call themselves members of the middle class. They distinguish themselves virtually in every field or endeavor. 
But more than 30% of those live in grinding poverty. Grinding poverty. Most folks consider poverty as those who live in the projects. The sad reality is we must distinguish that those persons who have found a way to get the support of the system is not necessarily poor. They are financially poor. They are on paper poor. Their resources personally are limited, but their assets are strong. You go out there in them projects, and they get a lot more than half of the folks in these streets. And I'm of the conclusion, and dare I say present the case, that a lot of those fine friends of ours wish to stay out there because it's a safe opportunity. When you really peel back the onion and get to the allergic and do section, why would I want to give up? The fact that my children can go to school, they can have all of the necessities and resources because nobody is going to leave us struggling here in the projects. Made me think about 2012 when Mitt Romney was running president. And he made the statement that said that the poor will always have a safety net. That is true. Those who live in the system's eye of poverty will always have a safety net. But the problem is not the people who are a dollar short and a day late. The problem is those who are down to the penny and get there right on time. They're still poor. But they can't meet the requirements to put them in the system. They're not poor enough. They're not late enough. But they're not rich enough either. Those are the forgotten ones that the system struggles with. The people who have a job who make 20 cents more, who have a car but can't put gas in it, who who have homes but struggle to pay the taxes. That's the poverty that most do not pay attention to. 30% live in that kind of poverty. Then there are those on the other side of that argument. Can't find a job, can't get credit to buy a house or start businesses, can't make ends meet for necessities, much less save for a future. It's no secret that the unemployment rate for those who our minority, these are blacks and non-whites, non-Hispanics. All of them fit in there. As long as you're non-white, it fits in there. The unemployment rate is 10 times higher 
for non-white, non-minority than it is for those who are the majority. Also, the earnings of black college-educated men and women have recently reached an all-time high. For a minority, you must have at least a master's degree to equate to the positions and the financials of those on the other side who just have a high school diploma. That is the struggle, the plight of the minority. And then you have the other problem. Not only the unemployment rate, but you have the children. Almost half of minority children, again, I'm not just talking black folks. I'm talking minority children. And let's just go ahead and peel back the onion and really get to the allergic induced section. Most folks like to think about poverty as black folks. It's not all black folks. Some of our folks got two, three dollars, and they forgot their brothers and sisters who share their color. I must speak out against this conversation to just cold water the white man all the time. Don't forget some of your brothers. Left you too. And oh, by the way, when you go way back beyond to Africa and just peel over there a little bit, there was no war. The Europeans didn't go over there and conquer Africa. It wasn't a conquering, it was a transaction. Let's say that again. It wasn't a conquering. It was a transaction. Your brother sold you. We must tell the whole story. And so looking back at that and putting all the pieces together, we realize that this is not a race war, even though some wish to make it that, and that has definitely plagued our society for millennia. But it's a class war. It's the haves and the have-nots. And the have-nots find themselves in these streets struggling, trying to get ahead. And I make that statement because when you really start looking at these numbers, some 16 million white people live in poverty. 16 million. That is 3.6% more than black America. White folks is poor too. This is not a race war. It is a class war. It is an economics war. I went to the History Museum up in D.C., the new one they just built, 
And when you go into that building, I might have said this before, please forgive me if I did, but it's, it just reminds my thoughts every time I think about it or makes me feel good or just makes me feel something. I don't really know what emotion to put there. I went into that museum, and you go into the door, and you you go around this corner. If I can remember correctly, I don't, so please just let me vaguely go through this. I'll just get to the point. You go all the way down this elevator to the basement. It's like you're going down into the hull of the ship, and, and it's supposed to symbolize how these Africans walked onto this ship, and then they were forced down into the lower deck. Very symbolic how they built this structure. It's an important piece that I went to mention or want to mention for this our discussion is when you go around and you come out of that elevator and you first thing on the wall. And I remember because I turned around and I looked Sister Chavis in the eye, Reverend Chavis, you remember her. She's in seminary, give her your prayers. I looked at her, and my eyes was just in shock, and she just patted me on the shoulder and shook my her head, and she just walked off. Because it was at that moment when I looked at that wall, that's when I realized it, it popped open right there in plain sight. We know slavery is wrong. We know mistreating these people are wrong. But who else is going to make our money? It's always been economics. It's always been the love of money. Nobody cares what color you are. It just so happens that a race has been the piece to blame. I mentioned earlier about these 16 million white folks who are in poverty. The majority of them, when they did a poll and asked, why are you poor? The question was answered, the black man took my job. Whenever there's a trouble, we have to find something to blame, and it just so happens that a race of people took the brute of that problem. But I got a question for my brothers and sisters who live in poverty. How can we take something we don't own? How can we have so much power over you? I'm trying to help you understand where your real problem is, my brothers and sisters on the other side of the tracks. We're not your enemies. We're just trying to get a loaf of bread like you. It's been this struggle all the time. We just want to live like you. We've all been duped. We've all been sold a lie. We all have. Yes, we have. There was a time when this president, you know him, 16th one, 
signed this little piece of business called the Emancipation Proclamation. And upon him signing that piece of business, it required that all slaves become free. You know, we just had a moment a couple of weeks ago, last week to be precise, last Saturday, if you're listening and connecting to this when it's released on the 27th. Last Saturday, we celebrated Juneteenth, which was the time that the Texanians learned of their freedom. The moral of that piece of business, the Emancipation Proclamation I'm referring to, was that all persons of color must have adequate payment for their services. So you got these rich folks these rich folks who sitting on millions upon millions of dollars, and yes, my white brothers and sisters, they were paying you, and, and let's just say that the payment cap or the wage cap was a million dollars. I don't like math, so let's just work that and make a sense to me. It makes sense to me if I can get my sentence out correctly. Thank you for that moment of blunder. Their payment cap, their salary cap was a million dollars, and then they're slapped with this emancipation proclamation nonsense. Now they got to pay the Negroes. So what do they do? They take that million-dollar pay cap. They don't have to do that. They got millions upon millions of dollars, but they take that million-dollar pay cap and they split it in half. Where you was once going home as a collective body with a million dollars, now you're going home with 500K. When you went to the boss man and said, why did I get cut, blame the Negroes. Hello, racism. It's always been about economics. We know this is wrong. But who else is going to make our sugar and rum? It's on that wall, black and white lettering. So I think about it. You think about how we got to this point. The idolistic call of persons like Dr. Martin Luther King or the disciplined march of Muslims who declared war on black self-destruction, all of these things that comes on our TVs, it was an act of frustration. NWA and the lovely things that they said in direction of the police. It was frustration. And increasingly, a generation with little to lose pulls the trigger without remorse or risk. When you ain't got nothing to lose, why do you have to care? I understand, Grandma. Grandpa, you got a house. You have cars. You have couple dollars in the bank, you have some retirement, your Social Security comes every 30 days. 
You have something to live for, Grandma. But you see, the problem with someone of my stature is 25 and under. The banks don't like me because I'm too young. The credit bureau don't like me because the banks won't like me, and the jobs don't like me because the school don't like me, and the school don't like me because the bank won't talk to me. So now what do I do? Then there's this thing called Social Security. That thing is not as secure past those who were of the baby booming community. It's drying up like the Nile and the Jordan River and Red Seas combined. So when somebody of my age, 25 and under, looks down the road to their security, they don't have much. The systems and ideals and the opportunities that presented themselves in the 20s and 30s, 40s and 50s, the things that Dr. King fought for and the black civil rights leaders fought for in the 60s and 70s, all of those ideas are dried up. Now we have a new breed of young people who are finding themselves in their own version of the second wave of the Great Depression. And they're frustrated. They're tired. They're scared. They're lost. They're lonely. And they need help. And I believe, Grandma, you got it. I believe, Grandma, if you just close your eyes and think back to when you were scrubbing floors with a toothbrush, singing of we shall overcome. I believe if you go back there and remember when you couldn't get a mortgage, when you was living in that one-room shack with the tin roof, I believe if you can remember, you can guide them to this next wave of success. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. There is nothing new. The sun turns on its axis, and it turns again. In other words, what this next generation has to go through is nothing more than a rerun of what you went through. But they can't look at you. They can't hear you from a level of success. They got to hear you from an understanding of pain. In that moment, that they hear you, that they hear what it was like to work for little wages when they hear what it was like to get called everything under the sun, they'll understand it then. We are often tossed and driven on the restless seas of time. But we'll understand it better 
by and by. This next generation, the time. But you know how I know that they'll get it? Because they're going to have to go back and look at faith the way you did back yonder. I'm talking about before the mother church folks got high for you know the mother church folks. You remember back before church folks got high saluted? Before their suits and their gators. I'm talking about back when they had to take the same oil that they cooked the fish with. The grease they have and get the ash off their feet. Back in them days, before they got Medicaid and Humana, when all they had was prayer and hope, when they'd go out in the garden and they'd cut a little plant, and get the little juice out the plant. They didn't go down to the burn unit at the urgent care. They had a little plant in the yard that had juice in it, and they sprayed it on their birds. I'm talking about them folks. They knew that if they tried him, he would open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings. I was talking to the young lady that I mentioned earlier, and she was telling me about these leaders that we have around here. And I looked her in the face and come in front of a couple of them and said, they don't know nothing. They're brats. They never worked for nothing a day in their life. They inherited everything from the daddies. These young folks walking around here, and I know a lot of them. From the head one on down, you will talk about who I mean in the parking lot. Every last one of them got something from the pappies. They never had to build a thing. But you, Grandma, had to build. You had to go out there and dig in the ditches to pull out the pew chairs for the church. You had to go in and scrub the wood floors and get on the roofs and get the dirt and salt. You had to do that. They had to do that. These young 50, 60-year-olds, they had to do that. But you did. You can tell them how to go from a matchbox to a cathedral because you've done it. Grandma, we got to do it again. We're at the time where the sun has fully turned and we're back, and now we got to do it again. And the sad reality is this generation that birthed us ain't got a clue. Because they were the inheritors. But now we're back in war. We got to remember what you did. 
when I was growing up, all I did was knew old people. I ain't, I ain't never met a young person there in my life. I, me and you know them them young people, we ain't never talked. As far as I'm concerned, ain't know nothing. When I was young, if you want at least sixty, I ain't gonna talk to you. Them old folks knew something. They can tell you how to take a piece of bread and make two sandwiches, which is one slice. How to cut grass and weed eat at the same time. Them old folks knew something. They had skills that us young people had never been able to acquire. And I understand it's frustrating to you. Because you see them, these young people, and you say they don't know nothing, they don't want to listen. That's because that's the way we were taught. I don't pay attention to your grandma. She ain't got no sense. She crazy. And them people who told us that didn't realize that they were the recipients of crazy old grandma. They were the ones that benefited. from that crazy man that just cut grass with his head turning and his tongue hanging out of his mouth. There was a man, bless his heart, named Mr. Darby. Mr. Darby could diagnose a car in a second. Mr. Darby put the key in the car and he'd look at that engine He'd just sit there with his hands on the fender, bent down, shaking his head with his tongue hanging out of his mouth. And in two, three seconds, he can tell you they'd go right there. Some old men knew things. They understood. And we are in a generation now where they are pulling from your roots. They ain't pulling for these other folks' roots. They ain't trying to go be in City Hall and sit on the 12th floor. No, they're out there in the gardens. They're building their own cars. They're working on building their own furniture. They're building their own homes. The world is picking from your legacy, where at one point you were forced now, they're choosing because the fact of the matter is they've realized that what you had to do is more beneficial, is more lasting. And so I ask you, as I bring this to a close, I think about it, what we do around here, not not just around here, but in this whole idea of church as I have the privilege of sitting down and talk to preachers, and, and I don't say that to boast myself because sometimes I'm nauseated when I do it. I really don't like talking to people that much. I have this problem, you see. It's It's not an affliction. It's just a problem. It's naturally how I'm wired and how some folks are wired. I went to that event yesterday, and when I got outside, I had to come home and 
first I had to breathe and I come home and take a nap. It's just too many people, too too much energy. I, I get drained. Some folks just can't hang around people like that. It drains them of their energy. I leave some of these pastoral meetings just drained. And so I don't say that to be boastful. I just get the opportunity to go to the room. And in the room, you're met with somewhat frustration. Because there was one preacher, we were sitting there, and he said, you know, we have become a faith of medicating instead of rehabilitating. Medicating is when you got a problem and you just throw somebody some pills and send them to the house. But rehabilitation is when you try to restore who they are. How many folks have you learned have left church restored or have they just left church heavily medicated? I believe the time has come to restore people, to restore their dreams, to restore their hope, to restore their passion, to restore their goals. That's what, not medicate their current situation. Don't nobody want to be medicated in poverty. Medicated in no job. I want to be this thing that's in my head. These ideas that keep popping up every time I wake up, these thoughts, these dreams, these plans, these plans that you supposedly, dear God, have for me. You remember over there in Jeremiah, you said you got plans. There's a problem between chapter 1, verse 5, when he said, before I formed you in the mother's womb, that was when I was young. But when I got to 29, I went through hell and high water. And so now I have to come to 29 and 11 and get restored. I have to get rehabilitated. I have to get reminded that there are plans for me. Try me, test me, and see when I open the windows of heaven. Return to the stronghold. Return to a stronghold, you prisoners who have hope. Today I declare that I will restore you. That's a message of rehabilitation. A message of restoration. His grandmother comes to pray. I ask you to consider that. When you're walking around the home, when you're talking on the phone to the folks, they're fussing and cussing. So you got something in you, you sure do. Mm-hmm. You are somebody. There's a mission, there's a purpose, there's dreams and goals behind all that anger. The reason why you're mad is because it's bothering you, and that's what you're supposed to do. Cancel the protest. 
Refocus yourself on the plan. Some through the water, some through the flood, all through the blood. In the quiet, the silence, he gives us a song. God leads his dear children along. Happy is the man that find wisdom and the man that get understanding. Most holy and all wise fathers, we come this morning. We come saying thank you. We thank you, Mr. Father, for all that we have heard. And God, we ask you this morning to open up our understanding. Help us, oh God, to know that wisdom comes from you. Help us to understand, God, that knowledge is in your hands. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, we come. As a nation, God, you know all about us. You see us, you heard us, and you understand us. You know the fears, you know the doubts. But God, this morning, you said trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and wait patiently for him. You told us to trust you, knowing that you see all things. You hear all things. You know all things. And God, you working out all things. And God, help us to say thank you. Thank you, because, dear God, we can trust you this morning. We can put our trust in you, God, because you told us to mean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you, and that you will lead us, God. You will guide us, God, and you will protect us, God. Help us this morning, God, to put our faith in you. Help us this morning to know, God, that all power is in your hands. Oh, God, help us to realize, God, nothing is a surprise to you. You see it all. You hear it all. You understand it all, God. Help us to rely on you. Oh, merciful Father, we need you as a nation. We need you as a people, God. We need you, God. Because, God, you're the only one to work out these problems and these situations. But, oh, God, help us. You say, happy is the man that found wisdom. Happy is that man, oh God, that put his trust in you. And we thank you this morning, God. We praise you this morning, God. As we heard your word come forth today, God, open up our understanding the more, God. Help us to find what you have for us. You made us perfect people, God. You made us skillfully and wonderful. You made us, oh God, to go out and be leaders in this world, God. You made us to be witnesses in here, God. And God, we ask you to give us the strength to stand tall and bold for you. Help us to stand on your word, God. We just thank you this morning, God. We love you this morning, God. We praise you, God, because, God, we can trust you. We can trust you because we know you're going to work it all out. We just thank you this morning. We praise you and we magnify your holy and righteous name. And God, we give your name all the honor, all the honor, all the praises, all the glory goes to you. In Jesus' name, we pray this morning. And may God you shine on us this day as we go forth, being a witness for you 
teaching, magnifying your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. God bless you.